I'm very important. After further review. Say one more time. After further review with Matt Moscona. And here we go. ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria. <laughs> Live from the Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge Studios. Welcome into hour number two. After further review, Musso filling in for Moscone here on this Monday. Show presented to you as always by Relief Windows. Jacob Beck and Paul O'Neill along for the ride. One hour in the books, two more hours left to go. Still a lot to get to. We're about to get into a seven-round NFL mock draft. Look at it from both an LSU and Saints perspective. That's how we'll begin this hour. We got to talk about Jalen Hurts resetting the quarterback market, what it means for uh for three other quarterbacks still looking to get paid, and one of them, one of them being Joe Burrow. Uh, Willie Green may be having to replace one of his key staff members as well. Uh, so a touch of the Pels offseason. And Jay Johnson met with the media. So we got plenty of more LSU baseball uh, to come along as well here uh, as the show continues. But as I said, we will start the four o'clock hour with a seven round NFL mock draft. This one coming to you from CBS Sports, uh, Ryan Wilson. Took a stab at all 259 picks in this year's NFL draft, which, man, that's just got to be a giant undertaking that takes up a lot of time putting together a seven-round mock draft. We appreciate you doing it, though, there, Ryan Wilson, and we're going to go through it and uh, break it down and see what you did for the Saints, see where some LSU guys land as well. We'll start at the top, though. Uh, The battle, right, for number one, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, for what it's worth. Ryan Wilson at CBS Sports has C.J. Stroud going number one overall and Bryce Young going number two. That's interesting. Bryce Young, for what it's worth, is the favorite uh, in Vegas to be the number one overall selection uh, by the Carolina Panthers. But those two are interchangeable. It's just really going to come down to which team likes who the most in, uh, in that spot. When you go to the Saints, though, at pick number 29, you move on. So no LSU guys in the first round. So we'll talk about the Saints first. Sorry about that. Headphones just shorted out. That threw me for a loop. Anyway, the New Orleans Saints at pick number 29, defensive lineman, defensive tackle, to be specific, Brian Breesey. It's a spot of great need. Really along the defensive line as a whole is a spot of great need for the New Orleans Saints, whether it's on the edge where you don't really know what you're going to get out of Peyton Turner at this time point in time, whether it's defensive tackle where we made light of it plenty here where they only had one defensive tackle Signed under contract. So, Brian Breesey would be a great pick. Um, the tape, a little bit mixed back in 22. But, man, before that, he was one of the best defensive linemen, better of the best defensive tackles in college football. Had the ACL injury. Obviously, that cost him part of the season and a family tragedy and uh, an illness. Cost him to miss much of last year. But when he's been out there on the field, he's been great. Is it maybe a little bit of a reach there at 29, given those circumstances? Potentially. But... I guess that'd be the only gripe with the pick is can you get him a little bit later? Maybe. But if he's there at 29 and that's where you're going, you're looking for defensive lineman there, he'd be a, a pretty solid pick, I think. I mean, it's the the longevity of what you saw at Clemson stands up to him being still a first-round draft pick projected here even after an ACL injury, after the trials that he went through last year uh, in, in his final year there. So 
For what it's worth, CBS Sports has him as the 25th best prospect of the draft. And we talk about it often. The New Orleans Saints. We played a cut from Dennis Allen on this show multiple times, both when I filled in for Matt, both when Matt's been here. Multiple times of, Dylan, of Dennis Allen talking about the way the Saints approach the draft, right? They don't necessarily approach it needs. They approach players. They think players instead of needs. They normally go with the best available at that pick. So that would probably check out here, at least based on um, on, on, CB, on CBS Sports rankings there. So they haven't taken Brian Breesy, defensive lineman out of Clemson, defensive tackle, to be more specific, at pick 29. For, uh, for the first LSU player off the board, it's B.J. Ojolari, 33 overall to the Texans. We're gonna come back to um come back to go through the LSU guys, but as I scrolled, I saw him. So that that'd be good. I think that tells you kind of what a lot of people think, right? He's fringe early second at the latest, but maybe he gets in uh to the first round if somebody falls in love with him. So that'd be great. Uh mocked there, BJ Ojolari to the uh to the Texans. You, you wish he could end up with a better team, but if you're going early in rounds, you know, we know how this goes. So uh, at number 40 for the New Orleans Saints in round two, before we get back to LSU, uh, Jameer Gibbs from Alabama, running back. I'd love it. I would absolutely love that pick for the Saints. Running back, obviously, we've talked an awful lot about that. You get Jamal Williams uh, and free agency from Detroit. Y'all know I love that pick. I We talked about them wanting me wanting them to go do that before, you know, before free agency even kicked off. So I love that pickup for them. But Alvin Kamara, most likely, we don't have to rehash all of it, Probably going to get a six-game suspension this year, though, when, when you look at uh, the hearing and everything progressing in, in his court case out in Las Vegas. And not only that, is it, you know, AK's getting up there a little bit. Is it time they start looking towards their future? Jameer Gibbs would fit an awful lot at New Orleans, right? I mean, that guy is what they look for in a running back. You, All of us saw it up close and personal, his ability catching the ball out of the backfield and creating big plays in that in the game against Alabama. We all remember Major Burns chasing him down and what a key play in that game that is. So uh, Jameer Gibbs really, really started breaking out there, coming coming into his own for the Crimson Tide towards the end of the year. I would love that pick for uh, for the New Orleans Saints. Pick 71, the third-round pick, Marvin Mims, wide receiver, Oklahoma. Okay, I, I don't really have... Really have any strong takes on that? I mean, sure. I I think I just don't. Again, that kind of plays into players, not needs. Because wide receiver for me for the Saints isn't isn't that high of of need. There's others there. Like I think running back is a bigger need for the New Orleans Saints here. Yeah. Then wide receiver. Mike Thomas is back on the prove it deal. You have Chris Olave. Uh, I yeah, Callaway's out the door. Fine. But I feel like your options there are good. Mims is not going to come in and be, you know, I don't think he's going to come in and be what Olave was, what Michael Thomas has been in his past career. It's probably just another body there that, that gives you. I'm okay with him taking a wide receiver in this draft. I just think, man, as much as you need edge, if you have a best available edge player there earlier, earlier like round, round two, round three, uh, jump on it. Uh, for what it's worth, Round four is where they are mocked edge in this draft. It's Carl Brooks from Bowling Green. So it's a it's a it's a position they greatly need. We talked about it at the end of last hour with the uh, when talking about Ali Gay. So I'm here for it. Like I, this draft for me cannot come and go without the Saints taking an edge player. Uh, Carl Brooks would fill that need. Riley Moss is their first fifth round pick in this mock, a cornerback from Iowa. Not a huge. Uh, not a huge Riley Moss guy. Not going to tell you I've ever, you know, 
been great. What I can say is Iowa had an awesome defense this year. I love the Saints' numbers at cornerback, though. Like, that's a position I could be good with them passing on in this draft. Like, you have Adebo. You have um, uh, Marshawn Lattimore. You're you're real good there. Alante Taylor. You, you like your, your numbers there, I think, if you're the New Orleans Saints. You were able... You, you saw that last year, right? Adebo goes down. Alante Taylor steps in as a rookie and is really, really good. You didn't really miss that much of a beat. So that'll be interesting there. The next two picks are the position I would love to see them get aggressive with in the draft, and it's linebacker. Outside of defensive line, linebacker. Because they've... I don't necessarily want to say miss, but outside of Demario Davis and outside of Pete Werner, it has not been great at linebacker for the New Orleans Saints, right? Zach Bond, you think, okay, can he, can he be the guy? Well, he's been a lot of special teams for him. It just has not been... Huge. You need depth there at linebacker. Caden Ellis, out the door, right? He went in free agency to the Atlanta Falcons. You need more there. Shaka Hayward is a linebacker from Duke with the fifth, uh, the fifth, the second, fifth round pick, one number 165. And then their first seventh round pick at 227, D Winters, linebacker from TCU. So you had they have them here at CBS Sports going back to back uh linebackers there uh with pick 165 and 227. That shows you again outside of D-line. For me, linebacker, huge position of need for the New Orleans Saints in um in, in the NFL draft. And then with their final pick, pick 257, two picks away from mystery relevant. CBS Sports selects Stetson Bennett, quarterback Georgia for the New Orleans Saints. Um I'd be pretty bummed. Not, not because it's Stetson Bennett. Um but because I don't have high hopes, it, I don't have high hopes for him in the NFL for one. But it just feels very much like what the Saints have done at quarterback lately, and I think this is the year to do something else, to 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 actually draft somebody who can potentially be the next guy. Derek Carr is going to be here for two years, right? At least two years. You know that it could be more. Jameis is your backup. Fine, whatever. Jameis probably going to be here next year. I, not many thought Jameis would be here this year, but. Provided he plays in a backup role because of an injury to Derek Carr, which I don't really necessarily think that that's what you're looking for, right? If you're the New Orleans Saints, that'd be kind of part of the worst case scenario, regardless of how you feel about Derek Carr. You brought him in to be your starter. He's a proven starter in the NFL. You want that guy in the game. Jameson can have a lot of opportunity, and it's he's going to be able to pick his destination again next year. I would love to see you get somebody in the building quarterback-wise, especially in this. I mean, everybody's talking about Hendon Hooker and whatnot and, and fine, whatever. There's a, a good bit of quarterbacks uh, in, in this draft. For what it's worth, in in this mock draft, outside of round one, just to, to prove the depth at quarterback here, 13 went in this mock draft by Ryan, by Ryan Wilson at, uh, at CBS Sports. Trying to find the, the number here for you. Um... That went after the first round. 13 quarterbacks went in all in his draft. And then from the first round on, it was 10. That's a lot of depth at the quarterback. I'm sorry, nine. I forgot about Will Levis right there at the end of the uh at the end of the first round in this mock draft. So with that much depth at the quarterback position. 
this is a this is a year where you could potentially find somebody in round three, four who could end up being part of the future of your franchise. I would like to see them take advantage of that this year and not just do what they had done drafting a Stetson Bennett or uh, at, at the end of the draft where it's not or Ian Book, right? I mean, Ian Book, you took a flyer on him in round four. Okay, that that's not, it's a much different draft year, obviously there, but it, it that feels like if the Saints were to take Stetson Bennett at, two, at 257 in the seventh round with their final pick, that would feel very similar to all those other years where it's just like, okay, take a flyer on a guy, bring him in for camp, see what happens. When you have an opportunity to actually find somebody potentially who can impact your franchise in this draft. And maybe you don't, that's fine too. I just, I don't, I don't like the optics of that. Uh, quick note on some of the LSU guys here in this mock. We told you about BJ Ojolari, 33 overall, 33rd overall to the, uh, to the Houston Texans. Uh, you had to go all the way, all the way to pick number 92 for the next LSU player off the board. And it was Jaqueline and Roy to the Bengals, which would be great, right? Continue that LSU to Cincinnati pipeline, getting back up there. Play with Joey B, Jamar Chase, all those guys. Uh, that'd be great. I think Jaqueline Roy is going to be one of the more interesting prospects to come out of LSU because he really had a nice junior year and uh, has kind of shot up some draft boards, it feels like, with with the workouts that uh, that he put in. Um, scrolling through here for more LSU guys. <laughs> Trey Palmer, not an LSU guy, kind of, though. Uh, fourth round there uh, to the Steelers. The, the shocking one for everybody, right, obviously – is um is Kayshawn Booty, who is the last LSU player off the board in this uh in this mock, and it comes in the sixth round. And it just the workouts did not go as planned. And uh, he's he's gonna really have to prove it. I mean, he's gonna really, really, really have to prove it. Uh is is Kayshawn Booty. Ali Gay, two hundredth overall to the Chargers, sixth round in this one that kind of speaks to what we talked about at the end of last hour. That is what I think is just a tremendous value pick for somebody uh, late in this draft. Anthony Bradford went off the board as well, and I can't find him. Uh, I should have made a note of that. That's my fault, gang. I did not. But he went off the board. I believe it was round four. Uh, yes, round four to the Jaguars, 127. So that'd be great, man, because a lot of people were taken aback a little bit, I think, when he came out uh, for LSU, and now you see him mocked in the fourth round, uh, a day two, uh, a day three pick there. But that, that'd be that's early day three. So that'd be awesome. Uh, if that's the case. And then Jarek Bernard Converse actually was a few picks before him. 123. You talk about somebody who shot up boards because of workouts, combine pro day, things of that nature. He's been a big mover. He put up some awesome numbers, especially at LSU's pro day. That was always real surprising to me early. He wasn't getting much run. I mean, he's a sat there four year starter at Oklahoma state comes to LSU was awesome. Honestly, at LSU was your shutdown corner opposite Makai Garner. So, uh, that was surprising that, that he wasn't getting as much love, but he definitely has after the workouts. Jark Bernard Converse made himself some money. Uh, combine, uh, excuse me, Pro Day. Wasn't even invited to the Combine. Made himself some money at LSU's Pro Day where you're seeing him be uh, an early day three pick as well, according to this. Uh, I think biggest surprise, though, of guy not included in this is Jare Jenkins. And I think most, I think you've heard a lot of us say that. Uh, Jare Jenkins is going to get an opportunity if he's not drafted. That's going to happen because... Special teams, if for no other reason, special teams, special teams, special teams. 
You hear it all the time, over and over again. It's how you stick around in the NFL, how you make, can make a great career for yourself in the NFL special teams. You think of JT Gray with the New Orleans Saints. Think of Matthew Slater with the New England Patriots, right? There's so many, so many guys that have done it. Dre Jenkins could absolutely do that. But man, a big body possession receiver comes up with clutch catches you saw throughout his time at LSU. He's a great target in the red zone as you saw throughout your time at LSU. I, I expect him if he's not drafted, which I think somebody will take a shot at him in the draft. But if not, he's definitely going to make a roster uh, as an undrafted free agent. So uh, I, I actually expect a really nice career for him, special teams and red zone targets like that for, for Jare Jenkins. There you go. Seven-round mock draft. Kickoff hour number hour number two here of After Further Review. When we come back, keep the NFL talk going. Jalen Hurts got the bag today from the Philadelphia Eagles in a five-year extension. We'll talk about that and how it resets the market, especially with three quarterbacks looming free agency here um, this offseason. We'll see how it goes. One of them is Joe Burrow. We'll talk about that next here on After Further Review. AFR. AFR is brought to you by Rouse's. Y'all, we are moving into springtime, and springtime at Rouse's means crawfish time. Oh, live to, or um, boiled, get by Rouse's. Any of the locations. You can go to Rouse's.com to get more um, information. That's Rouse's.com. Or just walk into any of the Rouse's locations. They're boiling just crawfish the every single day. And y'all, they like have their own boiling rooms at Rouse's. So it's not like these are <laughs> like these are outsourced. They're boiled right there on site daily at all the Rouse's locations. When you walk in, go into any Rouse's, go to the left. Go to the seafood department. You'll see the hot and boiled kiosks. They'll have the boiled crawfish already bagged, priced, grab it, and go. It's at Rouse's. Rouse's is the official supermarket of the New Orleans Saints. We always say Rouse's. This feels like home. For party trays, dinner tonight, or all your groceries, they got you at Rouse's. So go to Rouse's.com or find the Rouse's nearest you. Rouse's. This feels like home. After further review with Matt Moscona, presented by Relief Windows, Windows, Doors, Siding. Call 288-8138 or visit reliefwindows.com. ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria. The Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinics of Louisiana, uh, two great locations, Blue Bonnet in Baton Rouge, Ambassador Caffrey in Lafayette. I tell you every day about hormone replacement therapy, but remember, they also have medical-grade supplements. So, like, you know, about a year ago when I went for my, my blood labs, uh, we noticed my, my cholesterol was elevated a little bit. Well, I didn't need to, be, need to be on cholesterol medicine. It was just one of those things where at 40 years old, they said, hey, we need to start taking a look at that. Look, why don't we try a supplement? So we tried Coritin. So I started taking Coritin as part of my daily regimen. And that, a little bit of weight loss, and my cholesterol has come back to normal, healthy levels. So things like that, catching things early and safely supplementing you to get you to healthy levels is all about maintaining a healthy body, a healthy lifestyle a healthy body composition as well. It's at the Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinics of Louisiana. Blue Bonnet in Baton Rouge, Ambassador Caffrey in Lafayette, and online, theantiagingclinics.com, theantiagingclinics.com. Back here after further review, Musso filling in for Scone. I'm uh, going to get to some NFL quarterback market here momentarily. I did, did mention a couple of Pelicans offseason notes, uh, potentially a staff change with a green might have to be replacing one of his top assistants. Uh, we also now know the NBA draft lottery order. And the Pelicans are in it. What are their chances? Will the ping pong balls fall their way? Likely not. But we'll tell you the order uh, a little bit in the next segment as well. Okay, so Jalen Hurts um, making the big news today in the NFL. Got the bag 
from the Philadelphia Eagles and deserved it too, by the way. I mean, if, if not for the, the pesky injury there at the end of the season, he's going to win the NFL MVP. Uh, was one turnover away from winning the Super Bowl with the Eagles last year. He was I mean, he, he was awesome. Uh, Five-year extension for, for Jalen Hurts, $255 million in total, $179.3 million of that guaranteed, $51 million per year, making him the highest paid player in the NFL's history. In fact, all of those figures rank top three in the NFL right now. The $255 million total contract uh, amount, third. Obviously, the $51 million a year, top. The guaranteed money, also third. It's a good day to be Jalen Hurts. It's a really, really, really good day to be Jalen Hurts. And it's a really good day to be the other three quarterbacks who are looking for a long-term deal this offseason. Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, and, of course, Joey B. It's interesting when you look at Lamar Jackson because what Lamar is asking for isn't even what Jalen Hurts got. Lamar wants in the neighborhood of $200 million, that'd be $55 million less. He just wants the majority of it guaranteed. So he wants similar money guaranteed to what you saw from Jalen Hurts. Like if they were to offer Lamar, if somebody, the Ravens, whoever, were to offer Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson $200 million with the guaranteed money of $179.3 million, he'd probably sign the deal. Uh, that's in the neighborhood of the contract he wants. Doesn't want the amount of in the length of years same. So maybe it doesn't change as much for him, but he can point to that and say, Jalen Hurts had a great year. I'm Lamar Jackson. I've had an MVP season. Like it, it's baffling to me. The, the, the thing with Lamar has got to be the agent. The fact that he doesn't have an agent, he functions as his own, that has to be what's holding this back. Uh, it's just been a pretty, pretty, pretty ugly situation, really, in all with Lamar Jackson. Justin Herbert's interesting. I'm going to get to Joe Burrow here momentarily. Justin Herbert's interesting because he has kind of made it known, at least it's been reported, that he is looking for that $50 million annual deal, right? He's looking to be put in that class with Jalen Hurts, with Aaron Rodgers. Those are the two guys who make that much money per year. Russell Wilson's just below it at $48.5 million, which is still just mind-boggling considering the season you saw. Um... Herbert has some leg to stand on with that. I mean, he's first player in NFL history to open three straight 4,000-yard passing seasons. Uh, plays in Los Angeles. They, I mean, big market there. There's a lot there. It's just the team success has not been there like it necessarily has been uh, for Joe Burrow, even for Lamar Jackson. It hasn't been there for uh, for Justin Herbert. But we'll see. We We will absolutely see. And for what it's worth, his average annual salary per Spotrack is $46.6 million. So it's it's close to that range, but maybe not quite in the $50 million range that he wants. Okay, then there's Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow could absolutely, absolutely command $50 million. 100%. Joe Burrow could easily make a case to surpass Jalen Hurts. Their trek is not that dissimilar. They've both been to a Super Bowl and lost. Neither of them have an MVP. Again, the caveat that Jalen Hurts would have had the injury not happened. Joe Burrow 
his five playoff wins since coming into the league, that's the most in that time frame of any other quarterback. You look at his success against his peers who he'd be bumping uh, you know, around there. If he could get to a $260 million contract, that'd put him only behind Patrick Mahomes. It'd put him ahead of Josh Allen. But you look at the, the head-to-head success he's had against both of those guys. Doesn't that make sense? Yeah, you could, you could absolutely make that argument. The interesting thing with Joe Burrow is if he wants, and then actually, wait, one more thing. His average annual projection, according to Smotrack, is 48.1 million. So right there below. It's easy to see him get to 50. The question is, does he want to? Does Joe Burrow value the money? Or does Joe value, Joe value the team's success winning a ring? Because if, if the Bengals give him $50 million, and then you have to re-sign Jamar Chase as well, T. Higgins is out the door. And having that combo of Higgins and Chase has worked extremely well. So if Joe takes a smaller deal to make it team-friendly, I don't think that'd really surprise anybody. He's going to get hit. Like, Joe's going to get paid. He, You have to. But is he in that $50 million range? I, I kind of say probably not because of the want for team success from Joe Burrow. And the want to kind of keep the core together. And look, let's be honest. Paying your quarterback, paying your wide receiver, that's not always been the best path to success in the NFL, having that much money dumped in right there. Because it shrinks your assets where you could go defensively or, or offensively here, keeping a tandem like that together. So it'll be very interesting. I think what's also been very interesting is the Bengals have been very... Very um, coy, in a sense, with Joe Burrow's contract dealings. Like, they had to have obviously talked about this, but at the owners' meetings, they just were not forthcoming with any of it. Like, okay, yeah, it's it's a priority, but it's, you know, we still have a, a little bit of time. But, hey, tonight, today, it got put back in your, uh, back in your, back, right back in the full view of your vision, if you're the Cincinnati Bengals after after Jalen Hurts reset the market again. So we'll see how it goes. Herbert, Burrow, and of course, Lamar Jackson. Uh, it's a good day to be them today. Not as good as Jalen Hurts yet, but knowing what they could be getting down, down, uh, down the pike here in a couple months, still a pretty good day to be those two. So Jalen Hurts getting paid. Joe Burrow not far behind. Grab a break. Come back on the other side. Touch on a few, uh, few storylines here in the Pels offseason as it's Underwear earlier than any of us wanted it to be, but it's here. So not going to spend a whole bunch of time on it, but definitely a few things uh, worth noting as the Pels uh, look forward to uh, October coming up here in the start of uh, sort of year three under Willie Green. That's next on AFR. AFR. AFR is brought to you by Pluckers, Nicholson, and Blue Bonnet. Dine in or carry out 24 flavors of award-winning jumbo chicken wings, ice-cold draft beer, full-service bar, and sports on TV. What more could you possibly want? How about sandwiches? Well, they've got those. What about salads? Pluckers actually has really underrated salads. Giant, gorgeous, fresh salads. You can actually eat healthy at Pluckers. Or you could just binge. Award-winning jumbo chicken wings tossed in your favorite sauce. You want to create your own menu item? Do it. They encourage the creativity. Great sides as well, like the cheese fries, the El Guapo dip. Maybe the homemade blue cheese, potato chips, holy macaroni, fried pickles. They got it all at Pluckers. 
Nicholson just south of campus, Blue Bonnet right in front of the Mall of Louisiana. The best place to watch the game, which game? Any game is at Pluckers because you can eat wings, drink beer, and watch sports on TV. Remember, Pluckers, if you don't like our wings, we'll give you the bird. After further review with Matt Moscona, presented by Relief Windows, Windows, Doors, Siding, call 288-8138 or visit reliefwindows.com. ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria. Traction, tractionsports.com. Next week, y'all, next week is Easter. All the kiddos are out of school for Easter next week on spring break. If you're going to work and your kids aren't going to school and you need something to do with them, how about have them get better? Bigger, faster, stronger, skills training as well. They've got the Easter baseball camp and the Easter speed camp. So if you got an, a young athlete ages 10 and up, the Easter speed camp is what you're looking for. If you got a baseball player age 5 to 10, the traction baseball camp. you got full and half day options. Look, you're going to be training with, your son or daughter will be training with the experts at traction that train all the pro athletes and collegiate athletes that come through there. If you want to improve baseball skill or strength, speed, performance, traction can do it next week. Most importantly, of course, great place for your kiddos to go to get better while they're off of school and while you're at work. Easter camps are next week. It's not too late. Space is limited. It's not too late to sign up your son or daughter if you want to get them in these traction camps for next week. Just go to tractionsports.com. Tractionsports.com. Traction, where champions are made. Oops. It's my fault. Obviously, those camps are not next week. But you should still go to traction because they do great work training your kids and you and anybody. Even Matt, you should go to traction. But again, yeah, those camps. Okay. My bad. Should have taken care of that. Okay, Pell's off season. We're gonna move on. Pell's off season. Draft lottery. Let's start I think there. Been a lot. So we know the 14. Pell's are in it. They're number 14. They're not gonna win the draft lottery. Well, I don't want to say they're not going to, because technically there is a chance, right? It's the old Lloyd Christmas. So you're telling me there's a chance. To be exact, it's a 0.5% chance that the Pels get the number one overall pick. Most likely, they're um, they're going to stay at 14. They'll be able to get a nice player there. Look, the season did not end the way any of us thought it would, especially after um, the way it began. I don't think many thought you'd be in the draft lottery this year. Really, if you were looking at the New Orleans Pelicans back, really, January 2nd, um, when you were a game out of first place in the Western Conference. We all know what happened. Of course, Zion, in, injury, things of that nature. Um, you're in the lottery. That's, I guess, if you want to put some good vibes around the Pelican season and now in their offseason, you look at that and say, yeah, you're in the play-in again. That stinks. But you did have a winning record this time around, and you took some steps forward, and you're still going to get a lottery pick out of it. That's... That is good, yes, but man, it is a story that we have seen a lot with the Pelicans, and I understand most are, are sick of seeing that. You, you, you want to see them take a bigger step forward. Hopefully that can happen next year. So Pels in the lottery. They're the 14th team. Lowest chance to get the number one pick, 0.5%, but they'll, um, they'll have a ping-pong ball in the tumbler, will the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, another interesting thing to look at uh, for the Pels here. 
this offseason is staff changes. And I think many thought that maybe going potentially forward. As a matter of fact, Willie Green and David Griffin, they were both asked at the end of season media availability on Friday if they were if they were staff changes projected. And something that was thrown in there was also medical. It was coaching or medical. They both kind of, you know, ah, we don't know yet. We have to sit down, talk with each other, blah, blah, blah. The answer you would expect two days after the season ended, right? It's what you would think. But it is worth talking about now because Shams Karina from The Athletic tweeted out earlier today that the Detroit Pistons have requested and been granted permission by the New Orleans Pelicans to interview assistant Jaron Collins for their open head coaching job. Um, so Jaron Collins is the top assistant on, on Willie Green's staff. He is his lead assistant. He is a guy thought of who's taken a very similar route to a head coaching job that Willie Green did. Collins followed, once once Green got the job, Collins was hired away immediately. He left Golden State where he was part of three championship teams. Obviously, they had worked with each other previously there uh, under Steve Kerr. But the reason he left Golden State to come to New Orleans was to increase his odds at a head coach, to take a higher ranking assistant job in hopes of becoming a head coach. He also, for what it's worth, was the head coach this past uh, summer league for the New Orleans Pelicans. So they have kind of groomed him for that, and now the Pel- the excuse me the Pistons have requested and been granted an uh, opportunity to interview him for their vacant head coaching job. If you keep him, it's great. It's always be want to keep your top assistant, obviously, but this seems like an inevitability at some point, much like it did with Willie Green when he was in Phoenix. That at some point he's going to be a head coach in the NBA. It might be this year. It might not be. We'll see. But that's something to keep an eye on. And while they were asked about potential staff changes, kind of deflected a little bit on it. Now you have one right in the forefront of your vision where you could be looking to replace your top assistant if you're Willie Green. We'll keep you updated, obviously, on how that goes. But Jaron Collins will interview for the vacant Detroit Pistons job. All right. A couple more things, Pels offseason-wise. Um and then we'll take a break, close out the hour with Tigers and the Pros. You heard me mention there that David Griffin and Willie Green and folks all met with the media to close out the season. And David Griffin had some really interesting comments when it when it comes to Zion Williamson. And um, that took up a lot of his press conference, as you might expect, because that is going to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest storyline for the New Orleans Pelicans this offseason. We'll see, you know, draft is always fun. We'll see what happens with staff and whatnot, but Zion and his health and keeping him on the floor, keeping him on the floor for a full season is paramount. Willie, excuse me, David Griffin, though, did shed some light because if you remember, Friday was a couple days removed from the video of Zion dunking pregame, all of that, his I'm physically ready to go, I just have to feel like Zion, everything, and it sent everybody into... Frenzy, I guess, is maybe maybe a good word for it. People were upset. I was upset. You heard I'm physically ready. I just have to feel like Zion, and you see him doing that, and you have a right to be upset. David Griffin shed a little bit of light on that and said, um, it really wasn't just as simple as feeling like Zion. 
I think there's been a lot put on him that's not fair. Some of it his own doing, quite frankly. He came up here the other day and told you all physically I'm fine, and nobody followed up on what that means. Well, physically I'm fine means I'm not currently injured. He wasn't physically cleared to play basketball. He was playing one-on-none. He went up and windmilled dunk pregame. Well, that's not the skill set that makes you capable of playing skilled five-on-five basketball. He was never cleared to play five-on-five basketball. So for people to now say, oh, he chose not to play basketball, that's nonsense. That's not factual. But that's a way more interesting story than the kid wasn't cleared to play basketball. That's the truth. So the follow-up question to that, I love. And it was basically, why can't you just say that? Why is there always miscommunication from the organization? Why can't it just be he's not cleared yet? And this is what David Griffin had to say about that. I did. I spoke before he did, and I I said what was going on and, and said exactly what was going on. And he makes the one misstatement about physically I'm fine. Well, the reality is, like, what's the thing? So... Had I been here, I would have clarified it immediately. But what's the thing? So the thing is, when you're going through a rehab process and a player does not report, I'm very comfortable and confident in this movement, you don't go to the next movement. That's not because he's choosing not to play basketball. That's because a rehab protocol requires that a player is comfortable with the movement you're doing. And and I understand your question. And like, I'm not saying that you should have possibly known that. You couldn't have possibly known that. So the mis- miscommunication is very largely our fault. But I also think there's a there's a component of this where if we don't, and I'm not saying you specifically do this, but if we don't always look for the most sinister outcome, there's usually not one. So here's the thing. This is the Pelicans' fault. And this is also Zion Williamson's fault. But the miscommunication has to stop. The Pelicans have got to, in my opinion, the New Orleans Pelicans have got to be better at controlling the narrative when it comes to something like this. Because it's maddening. It's absolutely maddening. All you ever heard was, oh, you know, he's two more weeks and we'll reevaluate. He's not cleared to play is different than he's on track, we'll reevaluate in two weeks. That leaves so much more open to interpretation when you can control the narrative better that way. Now, it's on Zion Williamson too for saying that. I'm physically ready. I just have to feel like Zion. You know, as far as I'm good, I just have to to feel like Zion. But at the same time, you hear David Griffin say something right there where it's, if I would have been here, I would have clarified it immediately. So the miscommunication is largely our fault. Well, yes, it is. But why does it still exist? It'd be different if this hadn't happened now three other times with Zion where he's been out and you've wondered for months if he was ever going to come back. It literally, it's happened every year, it feels like. You should be better by now at controlling the narrative. And I understand, again, I'm not trying to absolve Zion of everything. But man, you know what he's going to be asked when you put a microphone in his face. How is he not prepared better to answer these questions? In my opinion, they are awful at controlling the narrative and have to get better at that. 
So stuff like that doesn't happen to where there's not outrage when he's doing that. If they would have said he's not clear to play, if, if David Griffin would have given you the answer that he gave you right there, he's, he's never been cleared to play. There's probably more out there. There's outrage when you see him windmill dunking the basketball, but it's not nearly, at least in my opinion, not nearly to the scale that it was with him saying, I'm physically, physically, I'm fine. There's a lot of difference between physically I'm fine and him not being cleared to play. And I believe, again, in my opinion, they can do a much better job at controlling the narrative. And I hope they do going forward. Everyone has faults in that. Zion for saying that, but also the Pelicans for not, not getting out in front of it more. In, in my opinion, you can agree, you can disagree, whatever. I think all of that could be handled better. And the fact that this is the third time we're going through this and it's still not handled better is maddening, maddening when you look at this franchise. Hopefully, from here on out, it is. Hopefully, next year, we don't have to go through this crap because Zion Williamson's healthy for 82 games. He's not going to play all 82 games because load management, but he's healthy for an 82-game season. And the Pelicans are a top three, maybe the top seed in the Western Conference. We'll see how that goes. You got a long way to go there, but there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on that franchise this offseason from a medical standpoint, from a Zion standpoint, and I'd like to see them right now, starting with that press conference on Friday, control the narrative around all of it a little bit better. We'll grab a break, come back to the other side, wrap up hour number two with Tigers and the Pros. AFR. Brought to you by New Orleans Flooring, online at nolaflooring.com. Two locations, Metairie, and of course, Airline Highway in Prairieville. If you're going south on Airline in Prairieville, you pass the Walmart, look to the right, you can't miss it. It's New Orleans Flooring. Go to nolaflooring.com, nolaflooring.com. The thing that really sets them up, look, they, they've got amazing people. You can, go see, you can go see Terrell, you can go see Big Sean, great people there. they got everyday low prices. You can get the free in-home estimate. they got the mobile showroom. Uh, you can get inspired there on the website. It's a great resource to go to. Financing is available. But what sets them apart more than anything is they cut out the middleman. Because they have more than a million square foot of product in stock, they cut out the middleman and they can give you the best price. I mean, you're talking about saying 40, 50, 60% on flooring. Go where the pros go. Go to New Orleans Flooring. That's nolaflooring.com. Two locations, Metairie and Prairieville, and online at nolaflooring.com. After further review with Matt Moscona, presented by Relief Windows, Windows Doors Siding, call 288-8138 or visit reliefwindows.com. ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria. We're going to get to some of what Jay Johnson had to say when he met with the media today to open up the next hour. Right now, we'll close hour number two with Tigers and the Pros. Tigers and the Pros. They still bleed purple and gold. They're just really rich now. Presented by Lee Michaels Fine Jewelry. Lee Michaels Fine Jewelry, where Baton Rouge gets engaged. And we'll start with Major League Baseball. We'll start with Aaron Nola getting on the board finally this season. His first win of the year through six innings in the Phillies' victory over the Reds yesterday. Five hits given up by Nola. Three runs, just two earned. He struck out four 62 strikes of his 98 out of his 98 pitches there. Uh, again, finally on the board. You know what's been odd is the Phillies have actually scored a lot of runs for Aaron Nola this year, and he just had pitched very well. But hopefully he's back on the back on the right track there. 
He's going to go into free agency, so it's a good year, man. Money year here for, for Nola. Finally getting on the right track yesterday. Six innings and, and the dub. Uh, he also really had a lot of success against Jake Fraley, and that's not something that a lot of people can say to this point in the Major League Baseball season. Fraley had been on an absolute tear through the first couple of weeks. Did wear the collar yesterday, going 0 for 4, struck out once as well. The average has dipped to 282 for Fraley. Uh, DJ LeMahieu yesterday, uh, big day for the New York Yankees. His second home run of the season that came in the sixth inning. It was part of a two-hit day for LeMahieu, two RBI as well. Uh, did punch out once. Moved him down in the lineup, did the Yankees. Uh, more towards the middle, but DJ's hitting 283 so far on the season. Excuse me. Austin Nola, one for three yesterday for the Padres, did punch out. Uh, San Diego lost one to nothing to the Milwaukee Brewers. And uh, finally, we'll wrap it up with Alex Bregman and the Houston Astros. So Bregman, speaking of slow starts to the season, Bregman is one of those guys, got off to a slow start, started to turn it on a little bit, did wear the collar yesterday, 0 for 3, did drive in a run and walk. So he was on base, did have an RBI in the game, but uh, but no hits for Bregman. The Astros lost 9-1. to That is Tigers in the Pros. It's brought to you, as always, by Lee Michaels at Fine Jewelry. Anniversary, birthday, gift the little red box. Lee Michaels Fine Jewelry. It's the place to go. Engagement rings. If you're looking to pop the question, Lee Michaels Fine Jewelry, they proud sponsor. Bring you moves with the box every single day. We're going to grab a break. Come back on the other side. Kick off the final hour. Let's hear from Jay Johnson as he updated some injuries. Previewed the week ahead for the Tigers. AFR. Always a pleasure to tell you about our friends at the Williamson Eye Center. Check them out online at williamsoneye.com. They've got locations all over the greater Baton Rouge area. On the Baton Rouge General Campus, I mean, you turn off a blue bonnet onto Picardy, you make that right. And then right there at the stop sign, the building on the right, the first two floors, that's the Williamson Eye Center. State-of-the-art dry eye center, and it's full service. Of course, they have their state-of-the-art surgery center there where you can have your LASIK or whatever surgical procedure you're having. But they have your standard annual eye exam as well at the Williamson Eye Center Learn more at williamsoneye.com. The thing I tell you every day is take the advice that I was given and change your life. To give yourself the gift of sight is absolutely incredible. If you're someone like me who spent your life with contacts or glasses, there is a way to be done with it forever. williamsoneye.com. Go see Dr. Blake Williamson for that free consultation. 924-2020. 924-2020 or williamsoneye.com for the Williamson Eye Center. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 